Well, hello and welcome to church today. My name is Sats. Uh, my wife Emma and I, we're the lead pastors here at C3 Reflect, and you're joining us for our Sunday service. It is great to have you with us. So thanks so much for tuning in and taking the time. And um, hey, don't forget, hit subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, you can also jump on our mailing list. We put everything out via email. So if you're wondering, what do we do? Where do we go? What's happening this week? Uh, make sure you jump on there. You can go to c3reflect.church slash connect. That's c3reflect.church slash connect. So jump on there. And of course, why not join us also in person? This is a pre-recorded message, uh, but we meet on Sundays in person in the Docklands in London and also in Balham in London. And I've got to say, guys, church online is good, but Man, there is something about being in the room with people. And uh, this has been a season and a time where many of us have fallen out of the habit of meeting together. And hey, I understand why. I understand the comfort and the ease of being at home. And we've all had our lives disrupted a lot over the last couple of years. But can I encourage you? Now is the time to get back into the house of God. So get connected in and lean in. And we'd love to properly get to do some hangs. Um, God does something in the gathering that he doesn't do in the online space. Um, But God can do something in the online space. And I really believe this message is going to encourage you. We are um, in a series right now called Influencers. And uh, right now we're in week seven of nine. So we're actually in the final three um, of this series. And just to give you a little recap to bring you up to speed to where we are, this is making up the framework of who we are as a church. You know, see through it, reflect. um, Our heart is to reflect the glory of God. And uh, and that's one side of it, is that glory, the creativity, the wonder of who Jesus is, showcasing him to our world. And the other part of it is about health and uh, having a a life that is reflecting internally, thinking, pondering. Uh, We're slowing ourselves down. We're learning how to rest. And so as part of all that, we've had these three statements of things that we want to help people do. Firstly, to connect into community. That's what the first three weeks of this series were about because every person does better when they're in community. Every person becomes healthier when they're surrounded by people who are cheering them on and lifting them up. And actually, the opposite is also true. When we find ourselves in isolation, as many of us have, we're actually finding the worst parts of us come out. And so human beings are not designed to live isolated. We're designed to live as part of community. That's God's design for us. Uh, Secondly, we want to help people transform into the image of Christ. And uh, that's dealing with our brokenness and our pain and our sin and being transformed into uh, to become like Jesus. And uh, becoming like Jesus is always going to be a better move. Uh, for you. You're going to be more full of confidence. Uh, You're going to be more full of faith. You're going to be happier. You're going to have more peace and so on. And so those two things connect in a community, transform into the image of Christ, lead us to our third statement that we're entering into today, which is that we want to influence our world. We want to release you into influence in your world. And it's really just around this idea that influence is not just about the big moments you know, being on a platform or a stage um, or, you know, becoming a CEO, although those can be moments of influence as well. But influence is just as much often about those small moments, those quiet conversations, uh, how we raise our kids at home, how we are friend, uh, our friends, uh, you know, to people and, and get alongside people, those small acts of generosity that open people's hearts and kindness and our manner and our tone. All of these things are carrying the image of Jesus into 
our world. And so I'm super excited to talk about this because I realized that one of the just uh, myths, I would say, that we have maybe adopted into the church is the idea that God is not interested in anything that happens outside of the church. And that is just not true. <laughs> and, and this is coming from somebody, I love the church. I'm so passionate about building the church. I know that it's part of God's design, but it's not the only thing that God is interested in because God is not just, uh, the, the, you know, the Lord and Savior of the church. God is also creator of the earth. And so what we're going to find if we actually look at scripture is that we have a mandate. Uh, we're actually called to do something uh, with the earth. And so we're not just here to kill time until Jesus gets back. We're not just here to wait around and, uh, you know, just uh, chill out and get on with our lives until. No, we're actually here to make a difference. We're actually here to influence and I believe uh, one of the ways we need to do that is through innovation. That's what we're talking about today, bringing creative excellence to our world, uh, making things better wherever we are, taking the dreams and the, and the giftings on the inside of us and expressing those as, as part of our uh, shaping of this world, uh, putting stuff of beauty out into this world to capture people's hearts and draw them to God himself. Uh, innovation is such a key part of what we want to do as a church. We don't want to be a church that is just in a, a small holy huddle. We want what we do to spill out into our world. So I want to read you a scripture and it's in Genesis chapter 8. And just to give you some context, um, this is uh, Noah, ark, waters, flood. You may have heard of it. Um, this is just straight after that. And uh, this is kind of like a brand new day. And what's really interesting about this kind of moment that we're about to read is this is kind of like a covenant uh, that God is making with Noah and his offspring. So which kind of includes us, right? Um, and so what's really interesting for me is that God has made a covenant with Adam and Eve before that, but that was before sin came into the world. Now God is making a covenant with Noah and his sons and all those who would follow in this kind of new framework. And so I want to have a look at what's going on here. So chapter 8, verse 20, the first thing Noah does is build an altar. It says, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelt the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again strike down every living creature as I've done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So right there we see God's attitudes towards, towards the earth. It matters. He cares about it. And he's saying the earth is going to keep going for its apportioned time. Life is going to keep going. So everything he says after that is in that context of the earth. Uh, and God blessed Noah in chapter 9, verse 1, and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. For those of you who know your Bible, you'll know that this is similar to what is said to, to Adam and Eve in, in Genesis earlier. Uh, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens and upon everything that creeps in the ground or the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, that was with Adam and Eve, I give you everything. So there's a, a shift, obviously. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. 
And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So right here, we have God putting value on human life. He's saying, if someone takes a life, there's, there's implications. And you be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. And God said to Noah and, and his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you. So that's, that's us. God has made a covenant with us. You may not have realized, but right here, there was a covenant made. Um, and with every living creature that is with you. The birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So here's, here's God making a covenant, not just with Noah and his sons and all who come after him, but actually with everything on the earth. He's making a covenant with the earth itself, which tells us that God values what happens in, in the world. God, God, God cares about the state of our world and he is interested in transforming it. So we'll keep going. It says in verse 12, this is the sign of the covenant I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow, rainbow, in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and my bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So, wow, I love this. And if you've grown up in church or you've been to Sunday school, you've probably heard about Noah and his ark and the flood and the, the rainbow that was God's sign that he's making a covenant. His promise that he would never again flood the earth. And I love that this promise is not just to us, but it's to our world. And so, wow, we, we see right from the, the start here, God is creator. So where do we get this idea that God isn't interested in what happens in the earth. That that's, I don't know, maybe that's in the political realm or that's in the secular realm or that's in a realm that people who follow Jesus shouldn't be interested in or care about. On the contrary, we're actually commanded to care about these things. We've been entrusted with the earth. Um, and we can get distracted by some of that as well. And there's a lot of that on the internet, as you know. But first of all, I just want to say that the, 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 the purpose of the church God actually wants us to engage in our world. That's what true influence is. Otherwise, we're just living this kind of Christian life where we see people get saved and then they just live their normal life, but now they know Jesus. And I just feel like that version of Christianity is just, it's not quite the full picture. Actually, what God wants to do is God wants to help us uh, rebuild and transform our life so that we start to experience and enjoy and the fullness and the goodness of life. And then what we're supposed to do is we're actually supposed to be a, a, a crucial part in transforming and influencing the environment around us, that we would bring innovation and creativity and beauty and the power of God in very, very practical ways to transform the earth that we live in. What does God say to Noah? He says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. 
So multiply, let's take that one just to begin with. Take, we'll go a bit backwards. Obviously, uh, if nobody's having children, uh, human, human beings are not going to exist for very long. <laughs> Give it a couple of generations, uh, that's it. So part of the command to multiply is, hey, go and get married and have kids, all that sort of stuff. But we have to also realize that Jesus didn't have any kids and Paul didn't have any kids and uh, not everybody is going to get married and have kids and that's totally okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want that, that's great. Uh, we've got four amazing kids. It's awesome. But here we just see God just saying, hey, this is a good thing. Having kids is a good thing. You know, great. But also the idea of multiplication we can think of in terms of discipleship. Jesus was a massive disciple maker. And part of our vision is that we would become like him. And so Jesus has been able to reproduce his qualities. So it's sort of like a spiritual offspring. When you think of the physic physicality, we were literally reproducing genetics and DNA into our offspring. But there is a, a, a spiritual element of being able to reproduce our qualities and our, our spiritual DNA in others that God also wants us to do. So that's that. But being fruitful, what does that mean? Is that just the same thing? Because I think often when we speak about it, we just think that's what it means. It just means the same thing. Well, actually, no. Being fruitful, here's the thing about fruit, is that fruit is produced by you, but not for you. I'll say that again. Fruit is produced by you, but not for you. In, in order for fruit to be fruit, it has to leave the tree. It has to fall off the branches. Jesus says, doesn't he, in John 15, he says, hey, abide in me. You'll bear much fruit. And by producing fruit, you're actually going to prove to be my disciples. What's, what's our fruit? Well, sure, it could be discipleship and things like that, but it's also our impact on the world. Creating stuff of beauty where people will enjoy and experience and somehow they will see the glory of God. What you do from Monday to Saturday matters. What your, your life work matters. Your job matters. How you speak matters. Your side hustle, your creative exploration, it matters. The dreams on your heart. Can I speak over you right now and say that they matter? They're not there by accident. They're not there just to ignore. They're not there just for fun, although they are fun. It's actually part of God's de design to influence the world. When every single person in the church begins to stir up their creative gifting and their creative juices, and we don't exist just to simply attend an event or come to a prayer meeting or be holy, holy people, but actually the, the, the overflow of fruit in our life is actually about making a difference in our world. That we write the books and we release the music and we start the business and we, and we, and we, we, we share the idea. That, that's when we begin to change the world. That's when we begin to shape the culture. And I believe today that we are still living in that covenant from God and that command to go and be fruitful. Go and be fruitful. The crazy thing about fruit is that fruit is a natural part of the life cycle. In other words, if, 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 a, if a tree doesn't produce fruit, it actually starts to, it's at the end of its life. It, it stops producing something. And when we are not uh, 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 having a, a difference in our world, 
But we are not producing anything for people to enjoy as the output of our life. We're going to find that actually our own life is going to dry up. Because there's something about our posture uh, that we're serving and we're blessing and we're lifting and we're changing our environment. Church, I want us to be that sort of church. I want us to be the sort of people who, who value the gifting that we have and the things that are on our heart to do. Can I encourage you today? You matter. You matter. I, th- I think sometimes when we, when we think about beauty and creativity, it's really hard to understand how that will do anything good. You know, if I write a song, who cares? <laughs> you know, if I write a poem, who cares? If I do something with, with some of the things, and it might not be something in that sphere, in the artistic sphere, it might be something more practical. It might be making something, it might be building a product, or it might be uh, helping someone with their garden, or whatever it is, it might be a lot more. Uh, everybody's got a different gift, and everybody's got something to bring to this world. And we can often feel like, what difference does it make? But I, what I love about this story is, is, is the sign that God puts to, to show his covenant is a sign that is beautiful. Have you ever thought about that? Of all the, the ways that God could have chosen, he could have said, well, I'm going to put this, this rock here and this rock is going to be a sign that I've made a covenant with you. Right? He, he could have said, this mountain's going to go here or I'm going to put a river here. But no, what, what God does is he created something that is essentially useless. <laughs> Functionally useless. Like a rainbow, it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't do anything. Why? It's just beautiful. It's just there. I, I, I don't know if you're into skies, but I'm so into skies. I, when I joined Instagram and social media, I was just the only thing I posted online was just a picture of skies. I just, sunsets and sunrises. And for me, the rainbow is in that peak. If you see a rainbow, you're trying to get a picture and it never comes out as well on, ca- on camera. But there's something so beautiful about that sign. God's sign was full of beauty. Bible tells us that creation itself speaks of the beauty of God. Functionally, not really doing much, but there's something of beauty. Church, when we are creative with what we do, and when we dare to allow our creative juices to flow and to innovate, that in the environment that we find ourselves in, whether our workplace or our family or our school or even in our home, when we cultivate that spirit of creativity and innovation, we're going to find that we reveal the glory of God. And uh, let me just encourage you with this as well, that, you know, maybe you haven't got some crazy big idea. Maybe you don't think, wow, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this. Hey, it's not just about what we create from scratch. It's also about what we collaborate with. And I want to encourage you to be a cheerleader of ideas, be a cheerleader of people. How great would it be if Every time someone stepped out, we were encouraging and we were cheering. We were uh, even sowing practically into those things. How, how great would it be to be part of a community that is overflowing with ideas that are actually touching and practically impacting our world? I want to be a part of that sort of church. And I know that this quality of, uh, will not only open up influence, but it will open up people's eyes to Jesus Christ. 
And if we can allow the salt and light in us to get out there, we're going to see a lot of people get saved. We're going to see our world transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And we're also going to change and shape a culture. We're going to redefine the world that we live in for the better. We're going to make things better. Hey, I'd love to pray for you just as we close today. And uh, I know that God wants to open up your heart. And maybe some of you have found yourself sitting back a little bit. And uh, maybe you just not felt permission. You've not been encouraged. Encouragement does so much to us, doesn't it? When we feel validated and other people see things in us. That's why we need to be a part of community. We're going to find that creativity will flourish. Collaboration will flourish when we're in the context of other people. But I'd love to pray for you right now. Because I know that God wants to unlock something in your heart right now of creativity. And unlock something in your heart of some of the dreams. I just see some people who maybe have, um, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while since you stepped out and it's been a while uh, for the dream that has been slow. But I believe today, God the Holy Spirit is just going to encourage something in you to let the, dream go, let the dream rise again, to dream again. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every person right now. I thank you for a culture of innovation that is beginning to spark in this house, God, in our world. And we pray right now, God, for dreams that are tired, people that are tired. God, I pray fresh legs on the dream. God, bring a substitute in. We pray in the name of Jesus. God, let there be new energy, new perspective. God, stir something. Stir creativity, God, in our hearts. God, let the songs be written. Let the books be written. Let the blog posts be written. God, I pray, let the business start. In the name of Jesus, let the idea come into fruition. God, let there be a culture of collaboration. Let it increase. We pray in the name of Jesus. And for every person who feels like they missed it, they missed the moment, they missed the occasion, it's too late. God, I thank you right now. God, it is never too late. God, if we are alive on this earth, God, we take this promise and this command that we are to be fruitful and to multiply. God, I pray for a great fruitfulness to come over every person watching right now. God, bless them, transform them, and help them to do everything that you've put on the inside of them, we pray in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you found this helpful and uh, I've enjoyed this series so far on influencers. Join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. God bless you guys and we'll see you soon.